Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Orinson. I am your host. It is Monday, August the 8th. If you are listening to the podcast, if you're watching on the YouTube machines, it is Friday, August the 5th. And it's sort of weird because we're doing these two shows at once and jamming them into one uh, thing, and it feels like I'm in a time warp, but it's time John Breach is joining me for a mailbag Monday. That's right. A mailbag Monday. And we will start with E for a question from E Blazel on Twitter. Will the Ravens go undefeated this preseason? And are you betting it? Yes. And yes. Yes. And yes is correct. The uh, John Harbaugh is like the, uh, like the greatest against the spread coach in preseason football history. And so, as such, I will be hammering the Ravens against the spread. Although, it's starting to get baked into the line a little bit more, for sure. Well, and the thing is, and I think the Ravens have won 20 preseason games in a row now, and that is why our friend E. Blazel is asking this question. And when it comes to preseason, you basically have half the coaches are not going to play any. Most coaches aren't going to play any starters, except for maybe one game. But you have half the coaches who don't care if they win. You have half the coaches who are going to coach how they're going to coach, and if they win, they win. Then you have a small, small handful of coaches like John Harbaugh who are literally coaching to win. They are they're they don't even care. They're like, we're winning this game. I don't want to lose. I hate losing, uh, and we're never losing. And so those are the coaches you want to bet on in preseason. So yes, I think it's smart to bet on them. They they have, they play the Titans, they play the Cardinals, and they play the Commanders in the preseason this year and i think they can win all of them you know the other thing about the ravens real quick is that you know when lamar jackson's out you still have tyler huntley like tyler huntley is good we saw him play when lamar was injured last season and that's a pretty good backup quarterback to have um so if he's playing your first half that's ravens boom score points and uh you know most offenses have trouble scoring and i do think the ravens will once again go undefeated in the preseason all right. I, I like it. Um, yeah, I'll be betting the Ravens in the preseason for sure. I mean, get, you know, Ravens against the spread is the move. Uh, or you can get the money line even better because they just win. All they do is win, win, win. Stop. My apologies. Mailbag question from your biggest Vikings fan. This is from Tommy Slayton on Apple Podcast. Ooh. This pod is great, very casual and easy to listen to, and I feel like you can talk along. We are very casual. Mailbag questions. I have several. Sorry, it will take a minute. It's fine. The Vikings have a new GM. 
Since he's been hired, he has laid an egg in free agency, traded back and passed on Kyle Hamilton to draft a different safety still in the first round and give a division rival a wide receiver in the process. Traded back again in the second at what looked like a prime spot to get Booth, only to wait a few picks and traded right back up to get Booth, but in the process handing a division rival a wide receiver. Take a very long time to sign rookies and hand Kirk a horrible contract. I think the culmination of all of these has made the fan base at least a little anxious. How worried should we be on a scale of 1 to 10? The division rival wide receiver thing is really interesting. Yes. Like the Vikings traded with the Lions to allow them to get Jamison Williams. I would not. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I think that the divisions, you know, like, I, I sometimes I think that the division stuff is overrated in terms of like how much it should matter for some of these teams. But I totally get why, like, the. Like I, I totally get like why the Seahawks wouldn't trade you. I mean, the, the 49ers wouldn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Seahawks. You're giving a, a team you have to play twice and upgrade of a quarterback. Like you just you don't do that. Um, I also don't wouldn't trade with the Lions, Bears, or Packers if I was a Vikings GM if they're coming up to get like a stud wide receiver. Yeah, and this was a trade that I think a lot of people thought the Lions won just because of how it played out. The Lions got to move up 20 spots in the first round. And basically all they did was give up a third round pick because they moved up 20 spots. They swapped second round picks where the Lions moved back 12 spots, but uh, moving back 12 spots in the second round compared to moving up 20 spots in the first round isn't even comparable. And then you have uh, a third round pick in there. So yeah, that was a weird trade. Not Maybe not a great way to start off your tenure if you're a new general manager. And then let's not forget that he absolutely uh, called out Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure if he was trying to light a fire under old Kirk. Uh, but, you know, when you're out there saying, yeah, we don't have Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, so we have to play better because we don't have that world-class quarterback. And Yeah, we all know that Kirk Cousins isn't that, but you never hear a GM kind of throw his quarterback under the bus like that. And so I thought that was interesting. Um that being said, I feel like this team is pretty talented. And so I think they could surprise some people this year. And it is weird too. Like the so the Packers got Christian Watson in the second via Minnesota when they traded the third they gave the Packers the 34th overall pick for 53 and 59. And the and the Lions, it's so weird to do that like to allow your division, two division rivals to draft a wide receiver in the first and second rounds. Uh, but yeah, I agree that the Vikings, um, I also think that like with the Vikings, you know, you're talking about analytics, right? I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing where you're, you're taking these old football notions aside, tossing them aside. Wait, and a what? What is that? Analytics. Never heard of it. Yes. So that's how the Vikings are sort of operating where it's like, all right, look, we don't care that it's, the Viking, we don't care that it's the Packers or the Lions. We want to get the most value out of these trades and to trade back and to move all around. Um, I think it's too early to tell if if it's a problem. I mean, they still you – know, like you got Lewis Seen. Like, I think people really like him coming out of Georgia. Um, you know, you grab Booth, who has, I believe, been impressing in um, training camp. And, you know, if, if this defense is healthier and can be league average, I think the offense can be really good. And I mean, let's not forget, Kirk Cousins gets to play with a head coach who doesn't hate him. Yeah, that's very important. Literally, like, Mike Zimmer hated Mike Kirk Zimmer Cousins. Hated him. Yes. And that, that creates kind of a conflict on the team. Absolutely. Uh, and now you don't have that. I couldn't agree there. with you more. Yeah, I mean, like, I um, I think uh, Dom in the chat maybe yeah, pointed out uh, Kevin O'Connell. Uh, he said, 
Will, do you like Kevin O'Connell at 20 to 1 to win coach of the year? Three of the last five coaches, three of the last five have been coaches in their first year with their team. Um, absolutely don't hate it like at all. What do you think, Breach? No, I, I kind of like that. I think that if uh, the Vikings, if they win the division, then it almost feels like he's a lock because they took down the Packers three year reign. Uh, and again, offensive minded coach with a lot of weapons, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson. I think he can clean up uh, anything Kirk Cousins is doing wrong. And I don't know that dark horse candidate. That's not crazy, especially at 20 to one odds. Yeah. What, um, let me see what the part of the other thing too, with uh coach of the year is that it's really like, it really should just be called the overachiever of the year award because it's basically what? like, it's not, a, it's not an insult. It's like who it's not, it's, no, it's not see the problem is the Vikings have a win total of nine and the over is minus 135. Wow. That's a lot higher than I thought. So, like, if the Vikings only win nine games, and I think the Vikings need to win 11 or 12 games for Kevin O'Connell to win Coach of the Year. And that's possible. I mean, it is partly overachieving, but, like, Mike Frabel, he lost his best player, Derrick Henry, sure. and then led the Titans to the number one overall seed in a loaded AFC. Yep. I think that deserves Coach of the Year. Like, I think that was a, a good... Overachieving no is not an insult. Well, right, but that that kind of takes it away. That, that takes away from people like Andy Reid or Belichick who have high expectations every year and therefore that's, almost are almost that's disqualified. What the award is. That's what the award is. Like it, 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 Andy Reid and Bill Belichick don't win it. Belichick has won it three times. That's insanely low for a guy who's won six Super Bowls. Like Coach K has only won like two ACC yeah. coach of the years, like, and one of those and one of those three had to happen when they went undefeated in two thousand seven. Right? Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah, I mean, he – and let's see. He he won – what years did he win? Do you have him in front of you? 2010, 2007. 2003, 2007, and 2010. So he hadn't even been, like, considered in 12 years. And he's only now being considered again because Tom Brady's gone. Like, he might he might win it this year if he, he win 12 games. Teams, teams who have high expectations coming into the season don't win. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, see – I do think that that does make sense in some cases. Like, I think that's why Matt LaFleur hasn't gotten very much consideration because the Packers expectations are so high with Aaron Rodgers that it's hard to say, Oh yeah, he did an awesome job. Um, so I think the expectations have hurt someone like him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like early, early coach, a, a rookie coach who wins 12 to 13 games is going to get heavy consideration for that, for that, for that award. All right, let's take a quick break and we come back more mailbag next. All right, time for a little more mailbag. This is from Californian 88 from a Dutch man only getting into the depths of football for the last couple of years. Why is it the general assumption that the 49ers will trade Jimmy G when they made it well into the playoffs last year and Lance doesn't seem a guarantee yet? Thanks a million. Love the pod. It's a great question. Um, I have been in the, I've been, I've been kind of beating the, not, not like hammer, but just like pointing out that I think that they won't trade him, that they would, that they will go with, they will keep Jimmy G as a backup option, but it does seem like Kyle Shanahan is kind of getting to the point and, and maybe John Lynch too, where it's like, okay, Trey Lance has done enough that we've seen, whether it's in practice, you know, the off season stuff where we're, we're feeling comfortable with him. And we feel like 
we've got to get Jim, get the specter of Jimmy G out from the shadow of Jimmy G out from um, behind Trey Lance because is it, you know like I know it's it's sort of cliche football stuff too like you should be able to keep you know everybody but like Jimmy G's beloved in the locker room and you know if you're Trey Lance and you have a guy as capable of, as Jimmy G is of, of taking them deep in the playoffs and if you're Trey Lance you feel like if you slip up if you don't play well like there's a possibility that you could, you know, that Jimmy G's lurking there as a, as a, as a replacement. And so to take Jimmy G off the table, I think is a benefit for Trey Lance's mental, mental health. Well, I think the person asking the question, probably also wondering a little bit, why are they even turning to Trey Lance when Jimmy G just led them to the NFC title game? And, you know, if you're somebody who just started following football or hasn't followed it, this, like it's a confusing situation, uh, if you don't follow the league regularly, that, hey, look, this guy just led them to an MC championship, basically to the final four, and now they're just going to dump him off for an unproven rookie. Uh, but at this point, it's just the 49ers have so much invested in him. They gave up a lot of draft compensation to move up in the 2021 draft to grab Trey Lance. And so you don't make a move like that unless he's your quarterback of the future. And he's their quarterback of the future. And you got to put him in there at some point. And now is that point. So, and then that leads to what Brinson said. You make Trey Lance the starter and you can't keep Jimmy around because he can't be keep, you can't have Trey Lance looking over his shoulder anytime he makes a mistake. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, you can't, um, it, like you can't, you really can't go like, like you can't have Jimmy G winning the job. <laughs> and I mean, I know that sounds stupid because you want to win football games, but you gave up so much for Trey Lance that like, he has to, Trey Lance has to play. You know, like you give up like multiple first round picks, you have to get Trey Lance out there. And, you know, the other thing too is that, again, like, like the Jimmy G thing in Trey Lance is basically boils down to you don't want to, you don't want Jimmy G lurking. You'd like to get some value for him. That seems to have gone out the window. So at this point, you really just want to try to keep, um, you know, Trey Lance from you know, having to worry about Jimmy G. And you want to like give Jimmy G a chance to go out and, you know, and, and and get a job somewhere. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the uh, that's the basic logic, right there. At Steen Jeet ask, who would you rather have as a bodyguard? Broncos country, let's ride. Russell Wilson or Nick Cage, Aaron Rodgers. I actually believe Nick Cage. Um, this is not uh, not his fault, but I think Nick Cage is technically NIC, not NICK. Um. Unless it's Saint Nick Cage, half Santa Claus, half half Nick Cage. No, because it's Nicholas Cage. Do you ever think about that? It's Debo's fault. He did a bad job on the rundown. It's not not his fault. But you know, um, I don't blame you. Look at that. See, it's Nick Cage because it's Nicholas. Nicholas. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Everyone knows it's Nick Cage. Everybody knows there's no C. <laughs> you just learned that. I. Would, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would definitely go with the Nick Cage because this is. Aaron Rodgers doing an impression of Nick Cage playing Cameron Poe in Con Air. If you've ever seen Con Air, uh, that's the guy you want as your bodyguard. He's calm and peaceful until he has to uh, save someone, and then uh, he's going to make the smart move and not let you die if your life is in peril. I would also much rather have to deal with like Aaron Rodgers doing a – horrible Nick Cage Southern accent impersonation than spend like hours and hours with Russell Wilson. And I don't trust Russell Wilson to protect me. Why not? Because he'll, 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 just like his offensive line, he'll throw you under the bus. 
Whoa. Whoa. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Um, yeah, I'll give him Nick Cage for sure. Did you see where they're remaking? Um, I don't know why this is. National Treasure? No, they're, they're, I think they're doing a um, Con Air 2. What? Yeah, it's like sure. a hummingbird. I'm stuck in a, another plane with criminals again. It's like, how did you let that happen? I know they're making a National Treasure TV what? show. Oh, really? With, well, without Nicolas Ma- Cage. Maverick, Maverick, the reboot of Maverick was so popular that it's basically going to cause anything with any like remote sentimental value from the 80s or 90s to get rebooted in the next six to 12 months. It's going to be pretty bad. Even Roadhouse. Yeah, they, exactly. They're redoing Roadhouse. Who 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 they get to star in Roadhouse? I don't even remember. I just saw the headline the other day. Roadhouse. That is, if they're remaking Roadhouse, they're going to remake everything. Conor McGregor. Uh, oh, it's Jake. Oh, no, he's going to be in it, but he's going to be in it. Yeah, Conor McGregor's going to be in it. Jake Gyllenhaal is going to do the Swayze role. It's, it's just a mistake was made. Like, no offense, Gyllenhaal's fine. You can't just, just don't recreate Roadhouse. You cannot, you cannot recreate the the charisma, the raw blue jean sexual energy of Patrick Swayze. You just can't do it, bitch. I mean, like Jake Gyllenhaal ain't gonna. It ain't. He ain't it. You know what though? You make it. You, they need. I'm okay with sequels, as I, long as there's like a new story being told, and that's what Top Gun basically was. Uh, maybe the Goonies. I'd like to see a Goonies sequel. I'm thinking of '80s movies that uh, Beetlejuice. Could there be a Beetlejuice sequel, or do they how they close that movie off? I can't remember. We've uh, got another Indiana Jones movie coming. I don't need it. I someone. My dad was telling me. What about the Karate Kid? Except it's about a cat. It's called the Karate Cat. I've had that idea since I was a kid. Karate cat. Yeah. All right. That'll do it for. <laughs> so this is like the, like the cat learns karate. No, it'd be like the cat would be animated like a toy story animation, but the rest of this the movie would be live action. It'd be a comedy. Got a lot going on up there. Oh, you would see it. Wouldn't you? I'd, I'd watch it just to, just to talk about it on this podcast afterwards. <laughs> uh, all right. Short meal back for us. That's uh, I hope everybody enjoys or enjoyed their weekend and go out and see the karate cat. Go see the karate cat. If you get a chance, we will of course uh, be back soon um, tomorrow, Monday, whenever it is uh, with another podcast. Football is getting closer and closer. Oh, uh, by the way, we should probably mention the hall of fame game happened, but um, (laughs) there was football. (laughs) It was, it was fine. (laughs) It's fine. Uh, For Breach, I'm Brinson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will talk to you guys later.